재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Did you know? 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 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 megahertz in Seoul and surrounding areas. If you've been tuning in at this time each uh, week, you did know some of the names, dates, facts, and figures of the Korean War because we've been doing a memorial month in this segment. And we're going to wrap that up today with a few of the big heroes of the Korean War, the famous ones and the less famous ones. And we have Seoul Global Center Communications Officer Michelle Kong with us as usual to bring those details. Hey, Michelle. Good morning, Kurt. So, yeah, Memorial Month comes to a close once again, Mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to meet a few more heroes of the Korean War. We've talked about uh, General MacArthur and his Mm -hmm. Incheon landing last week, and we know there's a statue of him out in Incheon at times. He's been a semi-controversial character in the political back and forth here. Uh, But there are some other big players in the Korean War as well. That's right. Mm. Um, Some are well-known, some are not really. Um, And in 2002, the U.S. government officially recognized four Korean war heroes. Mm -hmm. Um, They're renowned military generals, including uh, MacArthur and then a Korean general, Pek Sanyap. And uh, there's this person, Colonel Kim Dong-sak. Is this a familiar name to you? Not completely. Mm -hmm. So, honestly, I actually didn't know about him uh, before. Uh, Unlike other high-profile generals, Kim Dong-suk is an unknown name to many Koreans. Hmm. And uh, you might be so curious then how he has named as a hero by the U.S. government and then five decades after the war, right? So the military, U.S. military says it's not really a surprise because um, he was the head of the Human Intelligence Detachment. Aha. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So that's a very fancy way of saying he was a spy. Yeah, that's right. So that's why he's under the radar for, certainly back then, and then in the years to, to come as well, finally emerging into recognition, you might say. What kind of stuff did he do? Okay, so he made intelligence reports uh, based on a 260 of his own infiltrations and um, espionage operations, including assassination and then kidnapping of key North Korean officials. Wow. Um, and then he provides some important uh, information about the North Korean military to the UN forces. Um, because of the, the nature of this intelligence work, um, some of his missions and then uh, what he and his units have done are still classified. And then that's why uh, what he did is uh, really not known to many Koreans. And then um, it's known, though, his contribution, he's um, very instrumental, especially towards a success of the landing up operation Chromite in okay, Incheon. that was that big Incheon landing on the mud flats that has gone mm-hmm. down in history. That's right. But some of it, you know, the trade craft that he used uh, is still relevant, perhaps even today. So there's no point in revealing all of the, you know, ins and outs of the techniques that he used. Because who knows? Maybe they're still on the books as stuff that today's spies might uh, put into practice. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is kind of a. Um, a Korean James Bond of his day. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit more of how he collaborated with General MacArthur, 
MacArthur on that uh, Incheon landing. Okay. I read an article um, interviewing a retired U.S. Army colonel who is now director of the U.S. Infantry Division Museum in Korea. Hmm. But he actually didn't want to um, provide any specific details of Kim's role. Mm. Um, but General MacArthur deeply trusted him, uh, Kim Dong-sak, because all this information Kim provided during the Korean War was very mm. important and accurate and reliable. Mm-hmm. So um, MacArthur gave him a nickname this man. So he a- used to ask, is this information from this man? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds kind of Games of Thrones, Game of Thrones-esque, you know, a man has no name. Oh. This man. Right. Yeah. So uh, this man or my man, right? <laughs> you might say nowadays. Right. MacArthur called him this man. This, this man. Is it from this man? Because if it is, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to believe yeah, it. Yeah, that's He's right. He's that good. <laughs> right. So um, after Kim Dong-suk died, a memoir uh, was published and then the name of the book is This Man, Kim Dong-suk. That, uh, is that from an English title or a Korean title? Korean title. How's the This oh, Man translated? This Man is just English. It's written in English. Uh, this Man. Mm-hmm. It's written. That part is written in yes. English. Got it. Interesting. So, yeah, uh, other spy memoirs have been published in the past. I imagine that before this stuff comes out, the authorities that, uh, uh, the powers that be have a good look at the manuscript and they make sure that not every detail uh, is given away and mm-hmm. that the guy who's writing it isn't given away the store. Great, great. Um, but the general public already have uh, some uh, information about these um, special agents, we would say, because mm-hmm. the reality um, of uh, special agents during the Korean War was uh, disclosed a few years ago through this Korean movie called Shilmido. I saw that. You saw it? Mm. Ah. That's a cool movie. Right. You know, emotional, sad, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, dramatic, but uh, very gripping movie. That's right. So if you haven't watched this movie, it's about uh, the Korean government recruits some criminals to train to um, send them to the North to mm. kill the North Korean leader. Well, this is right after the Blue House attack, mm. right? And uh, after that sort of uh, provocation yes. by North Korean special forces, uh, the government turned to these guys whose life was basically over anyway. They were going to rot in jail for their whole life. And they said, all right, you want a chance to redeem yourself and uh, do something for your country. You guys are going to become a special team to go up there and take out Kim Il-sung. Right. And then what happened? Um, So some similar stories are described in this uh, book, memoir, his memoir. Mm. And then right after the ceasefire in 1954, special agents... Um, uh, were sent to the north, and then their mission was to persuade the division commander of the North Korean army to surrender to the south, mm-hmm. and then handed them over to the U.S. forces through a helicopter. Um, and then the secret agents made some contributions to um, get some uh, key information by capturing or helping the defection of a few North Korean high-level commanders as well. So they went up there and they flipped the North Koreans and said, "Come, you know." In- and, uh, we'll give you amnesty right. and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they defected. Yes. Okay. And so that's the at least one of the stories in uh, Kim's memoir. Memoir, This right. man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, clearly for obvious reasons, uh, what goes on in intelligence gathering doesn't really make it out to sort of the general public. Uh, but uh, the the agents themselves uh, sacrifice a lot, don't they? Yeah. And their families do. Mm-hmm, right. No exception for uh, Colonel Kim, I imagine. No, right. So he was originally born in North Korea, North Hamgyong province. Mm-hmm. Uh, he spent 
in a childhood, not in North Korea though, in Russia and China, um, and then came to Korea in 1948. But before he came to Korea, he served two years in prison in China because he joined a voluntary paramilitary unit, and then there he was arrested by the Chinese military when he was helping Koreans travel safely back to uh, Korea after Korea was liberated from Japan's um, colonial rule. when he came back to Korea, he graduated the military academy, um, and then he served as um, intelligence operative. And uh, of course, he was really capable. Like he was multilingual, right? Russian, Chinese, and Korean. Mm. Uh, and then he fought in the Korean War as the commander initially. But he started working in the intelligence field, and he was appointed um, as the liaison officer. And uh, after he retired from the military, it's really surprising he served as mayor in five different cities in Korea. Five? Five. Most people would be content with one and then just kind of retire. Right. But he just did a merry-go-round of politics, didn't Mm -hmm. he? Were they far apart? Do you... No, close to each other. Close to each other. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. And then he's a father of a Korean female singer, Jin Mi-ryong. Is she famous? Uh, he, uh, she was really famous in the 70s and the 80s. Back then? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I've never heard these two names, uh, Kim Dong-sook and certainly Jim Mi-ryong. Mm-hmm. I'm now very, very keen to uh, get this memoir. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know, is there an English edition? Um, I could get maybe the Korean and yeah. slowly, slowly trudge my way through it. But um, if mm-hmm. there were an English edition, it would mm-hmm. be, be much nicer. Right. So, yeah. Um, I, and he's, um, is he still alive? No, he's passed. He's passed away. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, how do it's it's an interesting question. You can't. This is perhaps an exception. This famous spy, mm-hmm. but not all spies, uh, for necessary reason, can be uh, elevated to 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 fame. And sure. you can't celebrate them the same way that uh, you can celebrate soldiers mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, officers. So, um, how how do how does Korea sort of reward these people? Um. Reward like, um, well, he <laughs> he I mean, they compensate him in his retirement and family, and all probably, that but then still, um, it's his missions are still classified, mm-hmm. so probably it's not going to be easy to just compensate him like uh, publicly, mm-hmm. but well. I, as far as I know, the Korean government is trying to find all these uh, veterans or soldiers who fought for the uh, Korean War and then tr- uh, compensate uh, right, for their uh, sacrifices. Do young people today feel like still uh, in this sort of sense of Memorial Day, this kind of patriotism, do you think? Mm, there was a recent survey on uh, college kids here in Korea. And uh, if a war breaks out in Korea, would you volunteer to fight for your country? Hmm. And... Uh, 63 college students, they said uh, yes, and then 59 teenagers said they will go to the battlefield. What about you, Kurt? What if, what if, uh... <laughs> I don't think they want me anymore. I think they'll say, yeah, Kurt, you, you stay behind. Uh, you, maybe I could, I could fly drones. Okay. I, I think I'm really good at uh, yeah? aviation games oh, and flight okay. games, things like that. Okay. But I could do that kind of thing. All I don't right. think they want me on the front lines, though. You know, they'd be sending the medics up too often just because of the, the, the coronaries, I think. Um, yeah, but uh, still a relatively robust level of patriotism. And, of course, the Korean War touched not only the soldiers that fought in it, but a whole lot of civilians as well. Mm-hmm. We're going to leave our Memorial Month there, and I'm sure these topics will come up in future editions of Did You Know? But for now, Michelle, thank you very much for coming in. Thank you for having me. And Koreascape resumes right after this.